Ready Player. Ready Player. Ready Player. Player One! <laughs> <laughs> you need to get going. Player One! <laughs> That's how it goes. Ready Player. Ready Player. Ready Player. Ready Player. Ready Player. You want to do it again? No, I like that. That's stupid. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Don't take my thing. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Everyone outside and in between. Welcome, welcome back. back. How you doing, Andy? <laughs> doing, doing fine. Yeah. Doing dandy. Doing, doing just fine. Doing good on yeah. this. Did you uh, come out of your cage and you're doing just fine? Yeah, I did come out of my cave. Cage. Yeah, oh, so am I a monkey? No. I'm doing <laughs> a Mr. Brightside joke. What? Mr. Brightside? I know the song. song. Yeah, coming out of coming my cage. Coming out of a cage. Oh, I guess it is. Do it just I don't listen to the words. I'm drunk half the time, so I hear that song. Such anyway. Song. What a good song. How are you doing, Sam? I'm doing all right. How, how are you doing? You already today? asked me that. <laughs> Days of future editing. Uh, <laughs> That's my anyway, yeah, I'm doing fine on this Easter Easter day. Happy Fooled you. I'm not doing good. I'm doing terribly. April Fool's to you, too. Happy Zombie Jesus Day, everybody. Zombie Jesus. We did it. He came back. On the third day. In the major. No, that's Christmas. Sorry. I don't know. Anyway, Ready Player One. (laughs) We watched a movie. Let's talk about Messiah for a second. (laughs) What? I said let's talk about Messiah for a second. Sure. I've been calling Spielberg a god, which is sacrilegious. Uh, Anyway. Funny joke. Yuck, yuck. Anyway, Ready Player One. That's the movie we saw today. Uh, It's the book I read a couple years ago. And it's the book I've seen in Barnes and Nobles. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, so... Initial thoughts. What did you think of it? This is a complicated answer. Already. (laughs) Okay. I'm already complicating things. All right. (laughs) Uh, I enjoyed the movie... Separately from the book. Having read the book and seen the movie, I don't like the movie as much. But it's still a well-made movie. Also, I apologize if you can hear the music. I think my neighbors are having like an Easter party thing. I don't know. So I apologize if you can hear that in the background of us talking. Just jam along. Just jam along. If they play a good tube, I'll be jamming. Yeah, it's true. So yeah, separately from from the book... I like it. I think it's a good time. I think it's like classic Spielberg-y mm-hmm. stuff. It's great. I um, think the script has some issues, but <laughs> I like it. Separately from the book. Having read the book, I don't like it as much. I think it's like a, it's fine. What about you? I liked it. Yeah. I've never read the book. Uh, I, when I heard the book's concept, I rolled my eyes a lot. But seeing this, uh, I mean, like, we'll talk about when we get to him, but, like, we live in a great world when Steven Spielberg's still... Like, still making... Still making movies. And still just like, yeah, I'll do it. 40 years later, and he's still he's still killing it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's... Steven. Yeah, good job. Good work. Stevie boy. Stevie boy. Uh, but yeah, I love... It was really fun. It was fun. We saw it... On a Sunday afternoon, it's to me. It's a perfect Sunday afternoon movie. Yeah. 
hopefully in life. If I have children, this is just a good movie to just pop in and be like, hey, watch this. It's it's like uh, just a fun, yeah. entertaining, good romp of a ride. Uh, this uh, The story beats, I'm okay with it because it reminds me of something which we'll talk about. Uh, but yeah, so do you want to get to the real star of this movie? Yeah. Let me get it. Da, da, da. Da, da, da. I always, if I ever see him in life, that's what I'm going to think of. I just see him walk by. Quick story. So my (laughs) sister's friend is a page for NBC. Cool. And everyone's like, oh, what celebrity? And she was like, I never get starstruck. Like, I helped Steve Carell do something and like had a conversation. I was just like, he's just a dude. I, you know, I ran into so many people. Yeah. Uh, but one day they were like, hey, uh, you're the person you'll be assisting today. They're going to come out of the elevator. And it wasn't like a surprise or anything. She just either didn't remember or didn't hear the name. Yeah. So she was waiting by the elevator and the doors opened and Steven Spielberg walked out. <laughs> and she was like, there was a good 15 minutes of silence where he, he was like, hi. And she was just like. Hello, sir. Uh, <laughs> let me help you. So, yeah, just, a, just this awkward pause of like. Uh, I'd probably start crying. I would not be surprised. I there's, I I've you know I've worked in the in the workforce a little, yeah. not that workforce, but I've seen celebrities. There's three celebrities I'd cry. Yeah. Jim Carrey, Ooh. Tom Cruise, okay. Steven Spielberg. Yeah. If I if I saw them, I think I might just be like. What if? All three of them just walked I mean, in. This might no. This might make you cry already. What if, like, in the future, you're like a kind of successful movie maker, uh-huh. director guy. All right. And you're at like the Golden Globes because your movie's been nominated. Okay. And Steven Spielberg walks up and goes, "Hi, Andrew. I'd cry. Uh, I really loved your movie. I'd cry on the spot, <laughs> and not like a tear down. I mean, like." Balling. <laughs> like, you know, if Indiana Jones didn't exist, I wouldn't be here. Like, you need to thank yourself, sir. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ooh. He's like, that's my favorite movie of the year. I, I, oh, gotta, gotta, got, I can't throw away my shot. Anyway, enough, enough about <laughs> our lives. Steven Spielberg. Stevie Boy. Debatably the greatest goat. director. That goat. Of all time, to me, again, this was this was Spielberg on. Oh, this is Spielberg on like autopilot for me, not in a bad way. Mm-hmm. I that sounds like an insult, but not in a bad way. Just kind of like to me, this was a classic '80s. If this movie minus the references, but put in anything else, if this movie came out in the '90s, I felt like we would look at it. Like E.T. <laughs> Sorry. We would look at it like E.T. What do you mean? Uh, because I feel like there's just a lot of like... What's, what Steven Spielberg is great at, especially his fantasy films, are heart. Mm-hmm. Every, it just it, when you watch it, it's like a warm blanket. Yeah. Like I have the E.T.'s, the Jurassic Parks. It just feels so... I don't know, personal. I feel like he does great with the cast and... Everything. He's a great, great, great director. You know, the first time you've ever heard that. Uh, <laughs> yes, this is original thought. Steven Spielberg is like good at making movies. Yeah, he man, no story structure. Uh, it just it feels. 
it's so weird for the same guy who made Schindler's List. It feels like, to me, watching this is being a 10-year-old kid again. And every time I watch E.T. or any of those, Jurassic Park, any of those, even though he didn't make it back to the future, stuff like that, it makes you feel like a kid, no matter what age you are, no matter what period of time you're from. But when you watch it, it's just fun, adventure, classic, just a great modern serial from the 50s, the serials from the 50s, just a great modern, you know, representation of that. And yeah, Spielberg. He's great. Kind of uh, undeniably. Yeah. Any thoughts on the directions? Because you read the book, so... Yeah, that's a that's a bigger conversation that we're going to have. Okay. Uh, in the... In the latter in part. In the latter part of the podcast. Uh-huh. Um, but, I, I mean, Spielberg's great. Like, uh, it's kind of... Like, if you... I, you, I don't think you, the words, like, Spielberg is a bad director can ever come out of someone's mouth, like, honestly... Like, I don't think that works. Even after Crystal Skull, they're like... <laughs> I don't think it could be like... It's, even Crystal Skull, like, he's a good director. Yeah. Like, he knows how to make a movie. Like, he's good at that. I like Crystal um, Skull. You like a lot of bad things. I, I won't say it's not 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 good, but I like it. Anyway, you like Batman v Superman. I do, and I think it's a good movie, too. No. Uh, no. Anyway, Spielberg. Spielberg is great. So, like... He's killing it. I think he does really well. I think he handles the, like... I think he handles this content really well. It's like, oh, we're going to balance the, like, oh, the references and the not references and, you know? Like, it doesn't become what you were afraid of of the book being, which is just like, oh, we're just going to talk about nerdy stuff and you're going to like it. Uh Uh-huh. You're nerdy. The Millennium Falcon? Well, I like the Millennium Falcon. I'll do my joke again. Yeah, it's going to be like... The Millennium Falcon? Well, I like the Millennium Falcon. Yeah, like, that's just not... What if I just get both of them in? That would be really The cool. way you just jump back into it. Uh, we're podcasters, Sam. Yeah. We're podcasters now. We're, that we're moment just over, solidified over it. Over ten episodes, I'm, like, getting better at this. This <laughs> is the way you jump right into it. Because I thought, I saw it in your eyes, I was like, he's going to take that, like, yeah, the way you jump, that was great. <laughs> Anyway, no, please cut this, please. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah. So, so I think that that that's a fine line to walk in this kind of a movie. I think like a movie like Deadpool also has to walk that line. Yes. Um, and I think that both Deadpool and Ready Player One walk that line really well. I think they they're like, oh yeah, we're gonna like show you stuff that you're gonna go like, oh shit, I know that thing, uh-huh. but we're also gonna like just make a good movie. And at the same time, if you want an example of. The references overtaking the the product of the film or TV show. Look at the later seasons of Family Guy. That's that's Basically. very just. Stop. You can you can argue some some episodes of The Simpsons. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. It's just where it's like you just said that because you want me to go like Back to the Future. Yeah, I like Back to the Future. Yeah. It's very just... Like, you're not actually trying to make a good thing. You're exactly. Like, if we talk about this thing, people will watch it. I think that's some bullshit. Uh, which I think the book does better okay. than the movie. But we'll get In into that. that. <laughs> yes. But we're not so, there yet. the cast. Uh, let's talk about our lead, Ty Sheraton. Yeah. You... What has he been in? So... The, probably the only thing you've seen is X-Men 
Apocalypse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's uh, Cyclops. Cyclops. Yeah. 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 Uh, what's his character? Scott Summers. Yeah. Scott Summers. Good. SS. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the superhero thing. Uh, what about Bruce Wayne? What about and Clark, Clark Kent? That doesn't count. It's CK. Peter Parker. PP, yeah. <laughs> PP. Anyway. Um, <laughs> April Fool's. Uh, That's not time. an April Fool's joke. <laughs> That's not an April Fool's. That's just his he life. Not fool anybody. That's just how he lives his life. Um, so Ty Sheraton, what he became famous for, and what really showed, like, oh, he can act, was Mud. Have you seen Mud? No. Matthew McConaughey, Jeff Nichols directed it. No. It's a very great movie. If you haven't seen it, watch it. It's very. When did that come out? Uh, 2013. Okay, never mind. I'm yeah, of a different movie. That was during the the McConaughey's. Bacadasats. That's how you say it. <laughs> that's why you just back to back make great movies. I mean, he's great. So, for the earlier year of the centuries, the earlier years of the centuries, it was like, yeah, he's a bad actor, and now he's like, yeah, he's one of the best actors he's working. One of the best actors. It's strange. It's crazy. <laughs> but yeah, Ty Sheraton. Um, I loved him in this movie. At first, I thought he was a little like I. I don't know. It was just too like, doe-eyed. Like, oh, I'm a kid. You know, played this. I don't know. I didn't buy it at first, but after the race, yeah, I I don't know what happened. I don't, but I just bought into it. But his, it's just like his eyes. There was a lot of close ups of his, of his eyes. Yeah, and he just emotes so well. The joy, the because it's funny when they were in the avatars, mm-hmm. and he said, "I love you." I was like, "Oh my god, this is stupid movie logic." But then when they meet in real life, he's like, "I love." You can see in his face, he means it. Like, it's, he's really... I'm excited to see what he does in his career. And it's sad that, you know, I'm complimenting his eyes and his big movie franchise. That's what's covered up throughout the entire movie. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. But his eyes are just so, like... There's, some, there's like, a boldness, but an innocence to it. It's, it's yeah, usually I think Yeah, I think he's good. I, I wasn't, like... In love with it, uh-huh. <laughs> I thought it was like fine. It again, this goes into like me reading the book. He he's too, he came off way too like cool of a guy to like really? pull off this character. At least in in my head, like, okay. Like Parzival was kind of a lot more kind of bumbly and awkward because he was like this huge nerd, and that's kind of why he like wins in the end. Uh huh. Is that he's just this huge nerd, and so he's kind of awkward, and he's not doesn't always know how to like talk to people and talk to girls, and like, yeah, that's kind of a plot point in the book that I can remember is like when he's talking to Artemis for like the first time, he kind of doesn't know what's going on, which they kind of touched on, yeah, with it, like the heart thing, but I don't know, it just what it just I didn't get that from him, and I, I wanted to see more of that because I feel like that's a big part of the the story. Of, the, of, of Ready Player age. One, yeah. Uh, of yeah, like he starts as this kind of like, oh, I don't really know what's going on. And he kind of grows into this more confident, like, oh no, like me being like this is what makes me who I am, and and so I can be confident in that instead of being kind of like almost ashamed of of his nerdiness. Yeah, and I think that was a a big part of the book for me. You know what? Yeah, I will, there is not a single character other than the villain that really has a character arc. Yeah. Like, yeah. they all kind of say the same. Yeah. My, I like the commentary that. on the movie, which we'll get into, yeah. but that's why I'm into it. But now that you say that, there's not a character there's that not really, really has a... 
arc. Yeah, which is which is another thing. Like spoilers for both. Of oh the yeah, things. sorry. Yes, Oops. spoilers. Sorry, we got dip this deep into it. Well, we haven't said a spoiler yet. Spoilers so for both of the things for books and and probably even some of the uh, references in this movie and book. So yeah, yeah, yeah. spoilers. Um, Watch the movie. It's a fun time. Yeah, read the book. Read the book, too. I'm probably going to read the book. I'll probably listen to it. Read the book after. If you haven't seen the, seen the movie or read the book, see the movie and then read the book. Because it's just going to enhance yeah, it, right? Yeah, it gets, it gets better. Um, so, yeah, like, like in the book, they don't meet until the end. Oh, Artemis okay. and Parzival don't meet until he wins. Oh, okay. He wins, and then they all they because they all end up in the same place. Because um, Og, the uh, Simon Pegg, okay, his character is a bigger part in the book. Yeah, he like kind of helps and he guides them through it, not as like a curator of this like fake Library. thing, um, yeah. but more of like he throws like this big party. And that's like where the dance scene comes from. Oh, okay. It's like he throws this big party, and because it's like his birthday, I think it's either his birthday or Halliday's birthday, and it's like this big event. Uh huh. And so that's when it kind of talks about. Sorry about the hair drying, if you can hear that. Um, <laughs> so yeah, there, there's just that kind of thing, and then yeah, so then they end up at his house. They end up at Ogden's house. And they're all like in super fancy rigs to play the Oasis. Uh-huh. And then he wins, and then they all step out, and that's when they meet. So Artemis and Parzival have already had their harder, like all their all their talks that like happened outside of the Oasis uh-huh. all happened in the Oasis. Oh, okay. So they kind of got to know each other that way, but they didn't. They still never knew each other's real names. He yeah. said he called. He said Wade, but she never said anything. Yeah. And then at the end. They like step out and she like hides her face because oh. she's like ashamed and the scar is described as a lot bigger and and more like gruesome. In okay. The book. Like, is it, it like a like, birthmark or is it? Yeah, a scar? it's like a birthmark, but it covers like really like almost half her face oh, okay. in the book, and it's like kind of jarring. Uh huh. Quick note: I don't know. Even in real life, I at least for me. I, I think that's more attractive because you look more unique. Yeah, look, I, yeah, I was I, like, <clears throat> she, she, like, she was hiding it, hiding it, and then it like blew away, and I was like, that's not that bad. Like, you look fine. And even in in the movie, I'm like, yeah, you're gonna take a gorgeous girl and just put like a little spot on her. Yeah, like no, that's not gonna. Like, what? Huh? Yeah. So in the book, yeah. it's, it's described as like covering up a lot more of her face. Yeah, and she's kind of. And it's, it, yeah, she's just, like, more ashamed of it. But she's also kind of this, like, nerdy girl. Yeah. So then him seeing her Not and being like, I don't <laughs> care. Like, I don't care about this. Yeah. Like, I love you as a person because I got to know you as a person. And I knew that that wasn't what you looked like. So their relationship seems to, like, mean more, which I really like. So, yeah, there's a lot of differences between the yeah. book and the movie. Um, Speaking of Samantha, I don't know, Artemis? Yeah? Yeah, Artemis, Artemis Samantha. Uh, Olivia character. Cook. I thought she was again she was really. Good. She's a classic. I, yeah, she's a good. I hate to say this because it's deep. It's deep in sexism, but like she's a good. <laughs> well, then don't say it. It's Andrew. a good. It's a. She's a good. She's a better like eighties girl in a movie. She's a classic. You know, I don't know. Like, uh, I don't want to say tomboy, but I'm gonna say tomboy. But she's not a tomboy. Like. 
I don't know I'm what you're to trying f- to say. Have you seen what movie? It's Molly Ringwald. Oh, it's one of the few. Pretty in Pink. No, it's uh, one of the few action movies she did. Oh, it's an obscure movie. I don't think I've seen it. It's a science fiction movie. It's like Space Hunters. It's a very obscure movie. I don't know. But it's very just a. I don't know. It's a it's a female her- heroine or just yeah. a heroine if you want to say it correctly. Done right. I I just felt like she was very. I don't know. It was a good. But it felt like an 80s film. That's what I liked about this movie, too. It felt very much like an 80s film. I feel like a lot of the problems with the script you have is like an 80s movie. And not, I'm not talking about the Back to the Futures and Star Wars, stuff like that. I'm talking about the weird science fiction, science fiction movies that came out that aren't so remembered as right now. No, it felt just, like that. My problems with the script and, come from... And her character in particular. I just really liked her. Also, I just love her. Act. I just love that actress. She's good. And Thoroughbreds and Me and Earl and the Dying Girl, she's great. What I've seen in Bates Motel, she's really, again, she's just a very believable, amazing actress. So, I, yeah, she was good. I, I don't really have much to say about the cast. I think they were all really good. Um, uh huh. Like, solid performances. That little kid was fun. Yeah. I was like, he was great. Uh-huh. Uh, I just want to say, uh, the, I forget his name, but I love him. Rogue One. The guy in Rogue One. Who's the main villain in this. Oh, the yeah, villain. yeah, yeah. Thought he was great. Yeah. Thought he was really good. He had a lot of fun. He felt menacing, but he also, I don't, it felt real. I really loved his performance. And Mark Rylance, who's oh, already. Always amazing. Always amazing. Always great. Again, played that. I don't, genius messiah. I don't know. It was very good again. You can tell he did his work. Yeah. He, he, he think we didn't need to say it. You can tell he was like, I just wanted to make a game. Yeah. And it's all from him. It's all from his performance. Of course, the direction. Stevie Boy. Yeah. Uh, Mark Rylance. Yeah. Incredible, as always. Um, yeah. It, like, cast is great. Uh, oh, what's her name? The girl from Master of Done. Again, yeah, sorry. <laughs> but I, I'm she's horrible with names. She's, she's always great. so good. Uh-huh. Le- like, so good, so funny. Uh, uh, but the two... Their other two friends... Yeah. I, when they came out of the van in the real world, I was like, what? Huh? Who are you? Like, they explained them in the movie, but they're not really... <laughs> yeah, so this is, this is when it gets to, like, problems with, with the script. Like, uh-huh. they kind of... For for a movie that is based on a book that changes so much from the book, they rely really heavily on you having seen having read the book, which is really weird because uh-huh. like their relationship in the book is a lot stronger. So when they like show up, it's like, oh, these guys have been friends forever, yeah. and we know what they're like, and we've like had interactions with them. And in this, it was like, oh, we saw them fighting, and then they just like show up. Yeah, and it was kind of like, okay. Weird. There was a lot of weird, like, things that didn't seem to make sense. Yeah. Like, like when they were doing the interrogation thing with the with the boss guy, with boss man. Yes. The guy you were just talking about. Yes. Um, like, he didn't ha- he was explaining the thing that they were doing to the guy he was doing it with, and I was like, that's not, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Like, you wouldn't have a physicist explain physics to another physicist. 
So yeah. why would you have someone who's like doing the plan with you explain the plan to the person who's explaining the plan? I know. Like it. it, it just, <laughs> I get that. that stuff. Just felt really yeah. weird, and it was kind of just like you could have just like, like we got. And by that point in the scene, we like also already knew what was going on. They didn't have to be like, this is what he's supposed to see, and this is what he's actually seeing. And they're like, whoa, so you hacked his thing? And it's like, yeah, we did, because we did this and this and this. And it's just like, we know that. Yeah, you have all that information. Like, you're just giving us information twice. Yeah. And I didn't, I think that's a, I don't really like that. I'm thinking of the scene in Mission Impossible, they do something like that. But the scene in the fourth one where they're pushing the. Yeah. Well, they do that, but they don't explain it, but you get it. Yeah. You, exactly. It's not Simon Pegg going, oh, well, Tom Cruise, we have to do this. We have this, to do this, this, and this, 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 and this. Exactly. You just do it. True. Yeah. Like, we don't have to do that. Or, like, the another issue was, like, when they showed up in the van to, like, get him, like, she had, like, we had just seen her send that text to, to them to, like, meet them. Yes. Okay. And I was yeah. like, how... Because Dido and... And Shoto, I think. They're, like, from Japan. Uh Uh-huh. Did they teleport to Ohio? Ah, they had to be there because movie. (laughs) But just, like, that stuff was just, like... Yes. Like... All his friends were in Ohio. (laughs) But they weren't. (laughs) Like, so, I... It was just, like, where does the... Where's the logic in some of that stuff? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, so that, that... Those were, like, my biggest issues were just, like, some of the logic of... Like, when things were happening and, like, when you were explaining stuff, when you weren't explaining stuff, kind of didn't feel right. Yeah. Like, he didn't go, like, how did you guys get here so quick? They were like, oh, we were, like, we had already been in contact Yeah, with her. And he would be like, oh, I had no idea. Like, then it's like, okay, we know that they... They were traveling. Like, traveling did they, already. Did they not say that? At least... I think no. Master of Nuts said they were... We were texted. I came over. I but, wish I knew But, it, like, how did... Like the other two get the there. other two, but they didn't even matter in the movie. Yeah, but so, like, <laughs> but like if you're gonna do like it, just doesn't make sense. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Um, so those are my issues with the script. Other than that, like I was like fine. I was fine with like I liked that it felt like an '80s movie. I liked that it was like it did good stuff. I think the the stuff that they changed like made sense in the movie and the way that they were doing it in the movie. I was like, yeah, I get it. Like I know why you're doing this because watching someone like play through war games like isn't exactly fun but like I don't know yeah well and we'll talk about that more but uh Alan Silvestri ah. Silvestri ah so good yes this is Alan Silvestri Spielberg's he did, the, oh, he did the Back to the Future score he did do and he did the Avengers score yeah which is great uh, this is the fourth movie of Spielberg's that's not composed by uh John Williams oh yeah it's Color Purple Duel Bridge of Spies and then this. Wow. I don't know so, that. But again, Alan Silvestri is great. I love Alan Silvestri. He, it was very good. Um, there were some parts of the movie where I was listening to the score and I was like, if only John Williams was here. I feel like John Williams could have made this score like oh, yeah. something to remember. While, where this, I don't know. Yeah, I think Alan, it fits. It fits. It yeah, just I fits. think Alan Silvestri, like, like, I like the way that he used... He incorporated, like, the Godzilla theme and, like, the Back to the Future theme and, like, all that stuff kind of in the music as you kind of went along. I was like, yes. oh, I get, like, oh, here it is. Like, it was very Rogue One-ish in that way. Yeah, yeah so I, I liked that, and I think Alan did that really well. Yeah. I really like Alan Silvestri. I think he's a great composer. Mm-hmm. Um, well, 
Yeah. Um, but let's talk... We were talking about this earlier. Yeah. About uh, just fan culture and yeah, all that. So, Because that's a big reason why this entire IP exists. Just yeah. fan culture and... And that idea, I just, I don't know. Because I was very, I remember hearing the book, the what the book was about, and I was very skeptical. I was very like, oh, it's just going to be like, Star Wars, Back to the Future, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I like those things. It's yeah. like, I remember as a kid, I wrote a book, and it had all my favorite like characters. It was like Scooby-Doo meets Bugs Bunny. And then, like, it was stuff like that. Yeah. It, and when I heard about Ready Player One, I was like, oh, so it's just that. That's oh, it. It's not. It's really good. <laughs> it's good. I really like the book. Um, when I first heard it, I had that same kind of thought of just, like, oh, I don't want this to just be, like, fan service. So just, like, man, remember the 80s? That was some dope shit, dude. Yeah. And, like, that's all that it was. But it wasn't. It was, like, this... It was a. I really like the book. I think it's it's a nice look at fan culture, and I think it's a nice look at um, pop culture in general, and like obsessiveness and and nerd culture and and like celebrity culture. I think it's just a good look at like modern culture in general. Uh huh. Um, while but taking it in the frame of like, what if the entire world was obsessed with the eighties? Which we kind of are now. Which we kind of are now. But <laughs> yeah, like Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> but like obsessed. Like fashion goes back to being 80s fashion. All movies feel like 80s movies again. All music is 80s music again. Like What you can debate is now. <laughs> is now. But like, but like to an extreme level. Oh, like, yes. If you I, yeah. aren't like that, you're weird. And like if you aren't obsessed with the 80s, like you're not, you're not going to win trillions of dollars. Yeah. You know? Like so... It's an interesting look at that and and internet culture. Like, I just think it's it's a good look at culture. I felt like this movie, and, and maybe we'll go back to the fan culture, but the adaptation of just... Because you read the book. You are much more well-versed to talk about this than yeah. I am. But, like... Because your big problem with the movie is that it doesn't follow the book. It, to, it what, what I said to you after it ended was that I feel like the the book and the movie while having the same general plot are saying are saying two different things. Okay, yes. Yeah, so the the yeah. movie is like, oh, but like the real world is the only thing that's real. That was like their big thing. I in the don't movie. think that's what they that's, were saying. That's at what all. the ending was. I don't think it was it's... Like, yeah, we closed the Oasis on Tuesdays and Thursdays, so because yeah, people should spend more time in the exactly. real world. And that's uh-huh. what like Mark Rylance that's what he said, he was like, Yeah, the real world is the only thing that's real. Okay. You know what I mean? The, it, it's just the way you like, phrased yeah. it was like it, it just sounds like the old man on the lawn, just like kids today with their cell phones and their pad eyes. What's going on? It's the, I just the because I feel like the movie what does well is just like yeah have your fun but like realize like content yeah. like it's important it's important not to, even like to, you need it just yeah. like you should want it like yeah yeah to talk to a real person so I think that yeah. that's what the movie is trying to say okay whereas I think the book is kind of more of a oh what was I gonna. A I had this deconstruction thought. on 
on it takes a look at the culture internet. and yeah, the culture. internet and uh, and the and part of the message is like oh you can just be yourself like you don't have to put on anything you okay. can be yourself which is why like Artemis has the big birthmark it's why like um, it's why Parzival is is really awkward and he kind of is always awkward and he doesn't ever really know what he's yeah. doing um, like the book Parzival would never be able to make that kind of charismatic speech that he gives. Oh, okay. Like even he, towards they, the end? Yeah, they do something similar. They like but I think it's just like a message they send out. Yeah, so he doesn't like make a speech as far as I remember. He just like sends out information. Oh. He's just like, "Oh, they killed my friend. They are doing all this stuff. Like this is what they want to do." He like steals information from the company. And then he sends that out to everyone and is just like, look at what they're doing. This is what's going to happen if they win. Oh, okay. Come fight. Yeah. That's what it is. It's not like the this big like speech. It's just kind of like, here's all the information you need. Do what you will. Yeah. And then everyone's like, oh shit, you're right. And then they show up. You can also, so he's still this kind of like awkward, awkward kind kid. of guy. Exactly. He's just an awkward teenager. Like he's not... Yeah, he's 18 uh, in the beginning of the book. Also, the book, like, things take a lot longer. It takes, like, a couple of years for them to go from, like, finding the first key to getting to the last key. Oh, yeah. There's, like, a, there's, like, a year <laughs> where nothing happens. Uh-huh. And he, he starts, like, he, get, he becomes, like, a celebrity in, the, in sort of in the way that they were talking about in the, in the movie. But, like, people start, like, in, he starts endorsing like products and stuff and they give him money. He likes gets sponsored. Oh, that's to, cool. To like do stuff. Yeah. So like when they there's like a part where they're like walking through someplace and there's like a billboard with him like on it and he's like endorsing some like weird product. Um so yeah, like that that's part of it of just like, oh, what is this like sudden burst of celebrity do to him and like how does he make his money? And it's like, oh, he's like sponsoring stuff. He's uh-huh. become like a celebrity. In this weird oasis world, um, I feel like that would have been cool to see, but would have just bogged down the movie. Would have just taken. Yeah, which is where things, where yeah. I think the adaptation, like, this is something that people talk that I, that people talk about in terms of the Watchmen movie, uh-huh. where it's just like, and I think it, they said it in that Cat in the Hat video that we talked about that we watched. Uh-huh. It was like adaptations own nothing to the original content. Yes. Which I think is true. Yes. I do think that that's, that's entirely true. Like, if you're going to adapt something, I don't think you have to follow the original thing exactly beat for beat. Yeah. Because, like, you guess, Gus Van Sant, Psycho. (laughs) He basically did shot by shot remake of Psycho. Oh, yeah, I heard about that. That's weird. So, yeah, but, like, in the book, he, like, goes to school and then they find out that the first key is on the same planet of his school and then it's like just a Dungeons and Dragons thing it's the Tomb of Horrors uh-huh. and that's where like he meets Artemis and, and because she's like figured it out at the same time uh, and then he has to like play a video game called Joust I'm, uh-huh. I'm just kind of re- reading off of this thing because I kind of forget it's been years since I've read it mm-hmm. um, but he so yeah he like you have to know so many more things, whereas, like, in this, it was like, oh, 
Just drive your car backwards. Yeah, when that happened, I was like, really? For four years, no one even did that on accident? Yeah. Just like, Do you know how many times in Mario Kart, I've just been like, oh, oh no! Oh, shit. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, I was like, no one did that? No one did that? On just, just accidentally? Like, yeah. Yeah. I, so, I felt that very... It also so, did for like a weekend. Like, they found the, all these keys like in a weekend. Yeah, right? But like, yeah. in the book, it, it's like a couple years. Uh-huh. Um so yeah, you just he just has to have more knowledge. Like he has to know how to get through the tomb of horrors, and then he has to beat. Um, who is this? Oh, he has to beat like an AI version of like. So he gets to the end of the tomb of horrors, and then the big bad guy just plays a video game with him. Yes, but if you lose, you die. Uh, and so you just have to beat this video game with the with the big bad at the end of the Tomb of Horrors, and that's when you get the thing. And then when you go into so like getting the key and the gate, getting the key you can unlock the gate. Once you're in the gate, there's like another puzzle that you have to solve. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm just even in a movie, I'd be like, no, done, yeah. rip that out, because that's like what? So like, the other thing. So there's six. There's six keys. No, there's three keys and three gates. Three keys to unlock three gates. Like and then there's the three thing. more puzzles you have to solve before you get your your prize. Basically, that's well, what that's what it sounded like. Exactly. Yeah, sort of. I, yeah um, that's kind of doofy. So yeah, the first in a movie sense, I haven't read the book. So yeah. So it, the first one, uh, he has to play uh, like an arcade game, which is the game that Matthew Broderick's character is playing at the beginning of War Games. Yes. And then. He suddenly has to be Matthew Broderick in War Games. So you have to, like, just have an encyclopedic knowledge of 80s culture. Yeah. And be like, oh, War Games is, like, his favorite movie, so you know every line of that movie. Just because that's, like, yeah, that's the thing his, to do. Yeah, exactly. Um, Which, again, I think would have not worked in yeah, the film. So, like, like I, I the shiny thing worked much better. Yeah. The, and which is why it's, like, where you have this a lot a, of inner, yeah, I have this conflict inner of like, conflict. I have this conflict of like, the movie is good. I like the movie, but I like the book so much more, and I wanted that. that. <laughs> I, I wanted, wanted that. I wanted the book, and I. <laughs> but didn't you get have that. the book. Yeah, but I wanted to see. Like, I wanted to really see it. But like, honestly, would you really want to see an animated Ty Sheraton? Be Matthew Broderick in a well, 80s I don't have film. To, I don't have to like <laughs> see the entire movie. Like I don't have to suddenly watch War Games in the middle of a, of Ready Player One because in the book it's like he he realizes that he's in the movie because someone like the other character who comes up to him like and says the line and then just doesn't do anything and then he goes like oh maybe I have to this is the beginning of war games. Maybe I have to say, so he says Matthew Broderick's line and then the movie keeps going. So I think, and then it's like, and then it kind of just jumps to him beating it. Mm -hmm. Like he doesn't, he kind of goes like, Oh yeah. And then like I did the rest of the movie and I got more points. If I said it like with the same intonation and I got less points, if I just kind of said the words, yeah, all that stuff. So if you were like really in it and acting the movie, you would get way more points and you could climb up the like the leaderboard point, yeah. thing, uh-huh. um, which I thought was cool. 
but I didn't like we didn't he didn't just like write the script of war games in the middle of a book okay you know yeah no of course I'm just saying like again and I I don't know I really liked the shining because I liked how it was just I liked the way it was I liked the riddle to it I liked the clues that went into it I like whenever there's clues or riddles in a movie I like to see that the audience can solve it yeah and that riddle, that entire thing, I felt like if you just had that on paper, people could solve it. Yeah, and it's the same in the book. Like it's the same way. Yeah, I believe you. They give you they give you <laughs> uh-huh. the riddles, and and you are kind of getting all the information at the same time, mm-hmm. so you can be like, oh, I think that that's what that is, and blah, yeah. blah blah. I think there's like one time where it's just kind of like, oh, that's something we don't know, but it's like whatever. Yeah, the Guy Ritchie Sherlock Holmes movies. It's always like. What's going on? And then at the end, it's like this, this, this. And it's like, well, I knew none of that. Yeah. Exactly. So that's unfair. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I really liked it. I, 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 I don't because everything that you're telling me from the, the synopsis, I felt like wouldn't have worked in a movie, and that's why they changed it. So yeah, I think it would have. I don't know. I felt like I feel like it. All the changes so far that you've told me are made in betterment for the story of a motion picture. Yeah. It's just like... I didn't get what I want! <laughs> no, I'm not uh-huh. upset. It's just... I think... I think what the book is doing with this obsessiveness is a lot more interesting than this kind of casual knowledge that everyone seems to have mm-hmm. in the movie. And the people and then the people who like are the gunters and the and the people who win, like Parzival and H and Artemis and uh Dido and Shoto, they're like obsessed with this thing. But that's not really conveyed in the film. Yeah. I get that. And I kinda liked that they were these like five super obsessive people basically children or yeah. at some points just children yeah. yeah and they were just so obsessed with this thing and they just had so much knowledge and so much they were so intelligent that they could just do all this mm-hmm. and so when they win and they and he gets the and he gets Oasis and he's like oh this is like I'm a bajillionaire now yeah like it, it's because it feels more rewarding yeah it's kind of like oh he did all this work to do this thing, whereas in this it was just kind of like you were the yeah people like the eighties yeah. uh-huh. the eighties are cool well, and I didn't really like that and one thing that I do like about the movie it's also a little bit of a commentary or a lot of bit of a commentary of net neutrality of fighting for free space fighting yeah. for which I know I you know not for net neutrality I know you're not for net neutrality what no net neutrality is good no net neutrality is the build. Or at least no, you know, net, you're going to no, educate no, no. me on the net podcast. Net neutrality is good. People want to end net neutrality. Oh, I thought people want net neutrality. No. no. Well, people should want net no, neutrality. No, no, no. You know what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah. And hopefully you are too, listeners. So, <laughs> net, companies and general you're people right. should I'm, support Dyslexia is a real thing. You're because, 100% yeah. right. You're 100% yeah. right. <laughs> neutral. Um. Net. What? That's what stands for? Yeah, I know. It's kind of crazy. Gee Willie, Willie! Gee Willie. You need to hear this. Uh, <laughs> um, but I feel like it's that speech is very much 
Yeah. Fight for what is, you know, ours. We're here yeah, yeah. to play. And very much what I liked about the... And is the ending the same? The same... Because I like that a lot. It's kind of like... When, and he, this is, uh, when he's playing the game, I think it's called, at the end of the movie. Adventure? Uh, Adventure. Is that in the movie? Or a book? I think that's in the book. Let me... They do a lot of weird stuff. Because I really like that. Because this is how I feel about a lot they of de- sports. They talk uh-huh. about they talk about adventure, uh huh. In in the book for sure. I don't know if that's the last thing. While you're looking that up, I just really liked how it's kind of like people are here to play to win, but sometimes you're just here to have fun. Just that's why that's why played exists is to have fun, is to you know look around, explore, do something new, do something different. And I really, really like that. And all the... I don't know. I felt like Steven Spielberg, who basically crafted pop culture, um, he, he, you know, realized this and seen how, you know, in the 80s, even 70s, 80s, 90s, compared to now, how it's just like, hey, obsess over this just because you need to obsess over something. It's like people are obsessed with Star Wars just because of a name. They're very much how these new movies are. It's not just because of a name. It's because when they saw Han Solo swagger in, not even related to it, they looked up to it. And it's very personal. And it was just there, not to, not just because, oh, my friend's like this. I have to find something I like. It was there because they liked it, because they looked up to it. They admired it. They had fun with it. I feel like that's one thing that the movie talks about. Again, I haven't read the book, so maybe the book does the same thing. Uh, maybe not the net neutrality at that it, time. So yeah, it know. doesn't really talk about net neutrality. Um, but to answer your question your about question, the, yeah, it does end with adventure. Yeah, oh, okay. he does do the adventure thing. Um, but going back to um, like that obsessiveness, the way he gets the quarter. Is he plays a perfect game of Pac-Man. He doesn't make a bet with a robot. Uh huh. You know, but, but I, I, I felt like in the movie that works because it was. I I felt it was like you. And again, the way the entire the script, the actor, the director, everything involved, the even the CGI, it was all made to see on the character's face that he's not doing this just to get the trillion dollars. I just need to win. No, he's he's fascinated with this yeah. and that we learned that the robot was Simon Pegg what's his holiday? Uh, no uh, Ogden Ogden? Who's, is there a holiday in this movie? Holiday yeah. Holiday the, the main, That's the guy who died that's Oh okay Oh okay So Simon Pegg's character I felt like Simon Pegg sees that and even when he walks into that uh, I forget the word for it I'm gonna call it a library but uh, archive that's yeah. the word when he walks into the archive Simon Pegg, the first thing that he says to him is just like, oh, are you here to look at that clip again for the hundredth time? It's This kid is fascinated with it. And we live, you know, outside of the art world, and even in sports, we live in a world where it's just, you play to win. You just play to win. And it's very rare that you, we see people who play to have fun. Just to have fun. I think Simon Pegg saw that. I think that works for the movie. They're two. I'm not saying this about you. They're two different mediums. So, 
again, I haven't read the book. I wish I read the book now I, to have I, this conversation. I, no, I, I recommend the book, and, I, and I'm glad that you haven't, because then this is a more interesting conversation. Oh, okay. I think. Oh, do you I have anything so. to say? I hope so, too. Do you have anything to say to counter what I'm saying, or... No, I agree with what you're saying. Uh, it's just like... I don't know, just... In books, you get to have that time. You get to have a story yeah, that you takes have place more time. over you can, you, two years. I think I think what I like about the, the book that gets lost in the movie is the sort of subtleties of it, of, like, these people who are obsessed and, like, these people who are kind of just nerds and kind of the outcasts and weird weird people, which they sort of are in this, but they don't seem that way. Um and and yeah just like what does it like where does fandom start where does fandom end like like there are these people who obsess about these characters now six hours in life for a packet of sauce (laughs) yeah like we this is funny we we went to McDonald's before we recorded this podcast and we got the Szechuan sauce um, that McDonald's brought back because of Rick and Morty because of the fans of Rick and Morty not all the fans, but like a subset of the fans who were like crazy about this fucking getting this sauce again. And like, it's good sauce, but like, calm down. Like, it's a sauce. It's like, barbecue and sweet and sour mixed together. Yeah, like, it's yeah. not, it's not really anything special. So I think that, that, and the people who like get into arguments about like just fictional characters, and they're so just like, People who are just like, oh, these two characters should end up together. Oh, I think this character is gay. Yeah. I think this character is this. And it's just like blah, 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 blah. And like, you can think that all you want, but just like, why are you attacking other people who don't agree with you? On something that doesn't On exist. On something that doesn't exist. Like, <laughs> it's a fake thing that you're watching. Like, it's not. And that brings real. up the ending of the movie. Yeah. And, and I think that that. That that's inherent in the book a bit. A bit, yeah, okay. I think the the movie is just like that's the message that it's telling, and maybe that, and maybe when Steven Spielberg saying, like yeah. read the book, that was the message he got, and so he was like, "That's the movie I want to make, and that's the movie he made." Like, I wouldn't be surprised. I I'm not surprised if that's the message that people get from the book of just like, "Oh, the real life is better," like, like. It, be a fan of things, but also understand that like real life is real. Exactly. Like, yeah. And I think that there is that in the book, but I, what for me, what the book is about is about being yourself. Whether that's a huge nerd who's obsessed with this one dude, or someone who watches way too much TV like me, who <laughs> like can basically say all the lines to friends while it's on, like. I think that that's what the book was trying to say. Of just like you can do whatever you want, just don't be an asshole about it. <laughs> just don't be an asshole about the things that you like. Yeah, I get that, and I think that's. So I think that's where where my conflict comes from. It's like the book is is saying, I can be who I want to be, and it doesn't really matter. I can love whatever I want to love, just as long as I'm not a dick. And then the movie is like, oh, the real life is real, and that's the only thing that is real. I get that. You know? Um, final chance, remember any? Uh, Bo Burnham. And I Gino. don't remember what it was. I don't. I can't. It's just not in my brain. 
So, for the people listening... No, I was... We don't have to explain it. It's too late. I want to recommend this... I want, no, I'm recommending this, this this podcast. On our podcast, I'm going to recommend people listen to a different podcast. Very smart. <laughs> Mark, right? I, I've done it in the past. Well, we both have. That's yeah. fine. Uh, the newest episode of the A24 podcast is with Gerard Carmichael and Bo Burnham. It's like 45 minutes long. It's a great time. They're very funny. It's a good... It's a good conversation. But they talked about something that I wanted to talk about with Andrew. He doesn't remember. I can't remember what so it was. So now we're just here. So now we're just here. Do you have anything else you want that, to say? Yeah, I just wanted to wrap up. <laughs> I mean, uh, again, I think it's every, every, almost, and this happens almost every month now. Because every time there's a popular or huge book and a film is made of it, the argument of the adaptation always comes up of, yeah. well, the book is this and this and that. Uh, so I always, you know, I'm a fan of having those conversations. Uh, but yeah, I think for the movie, as a standalone film, and I even, and that's how I have to look at it because I yeah. don't know the book. I really enjoyed it. Um, is this is this the best movie of the year so far? No. Is this Spielberg's best movie? No. Is it a fun, enjoyable movie? Yeah. Yeah, of course. I think... You know, it's funny. Can we go into this real quickly and then yeah. we'll wrap it up? I was talking to a friend of mine and uh, we were talking about how, like, what movies are going to be classics now. And I was kind of, to take the cynical approach, I was like, I don't think there will be. At the end of the day, what was that? No, there will be. There will be. We'll see. I just think it will be much different than what we think of a classic now. When Star Wars came out, it was Star Wars and, like, two other kind of sort, sort of action movies we get a big listen we got Black Panther then Tomb Raider then Pacific Rim now we have Ready Player One we get like four months into the year we get a big like popcorn movie every every two weeks yeah oh yeah exactly so and even in the 90s and 80s it was summer we got the big blockbusters during summer we got maybe two more during Christmas and then that was it but now we get a huge blockbuster every week. So for, and you know, the reason why these blockbusters like Star Wars, Back to the Future, it was the children. And we can all relate to this. Children's uh, attention spans are not that, yeah. <laughs> not that vast. So I feel like there won't be that movie that every kid will have their own different movie, which means that we'll never have a universal like that was. I think... Because, like, even as kids, we all had Shrek. We all knew Shrek. What's Shrek? Minions? Possibly? Maybe. I think that's good, though. Yeah. I I, like, like, I kind of look forward to the day where, like, it goes to the the Cinefix video that we were talking about on the train. Um, There's this great Cinefix video that just came out. It's, like, it's the newest movie list. And the guy says, oh, these... These images and colors and sounds make me feel things, and I want to show you this thing, this movie, because I hope that this these colors and sounds will make you feel the same way that I feel. And I think that that's a really great way to put it. It's like kind of been stuck in my brain since I watched that video. Uh-huh. Um, and I think that that's exciting that that like when I'm older and I have like teenage kids, they can be like. You haven't seen this movie? That was like my favorite movie growing up. Come over and let's watch it. 
and they they can share their favorite childhood movie with their best friend. And I yes. think and I'm really excited for like for my kids to to have that experience of like, oh yeah, maybe we don't all have like me and you, we can joke about Shrek and we can joke about the Incredibles and like we have these movies that we all know. That's yeah. common knowledge. And I'm kind of like that my kid will have some of that with some people, but will get to show their show. friends stuff and be exactly. shown stuff. Like my kid might discover their favorite movie because of like a, a person they're dating. It's just like, oh, this was my favorite movie growing up. Like I cry every time I watch it. Let's watch it. You know, I think that's yeah. great. I think that's good. I, I yes, but the I don't disagree with you slightly. But I just think that that like it came about with like Game of Thrones. I remember we were talking about with Game of Thrones how you know the classic joke of people talking about the wa- at, uh, people talking at the wa- water cooler about the TV show that happened last night. Yeah, and how we'll never get that because we have played all at the same time. Hands may tell Game of Thrones. You know, House of Cards, True Detective, blah 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 blah. blah. Yeah, there's yeah. so there's so much thing that like it's hard to do that. Exactly that relatability that you can have with someone with like you. I loved Ready Player One. I saw it three times in theaters. Now it's like, yeah, but the Avengers coming out in two weeks. I'm not gonna see this again. So it's like that like relatability with yeah. films will go. I agree with you how. The uniqueness to film is going up, but the relatability is going down, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. But I like that. I like that, like, I can go to work and, and be like, oh, did you have you watched the show? And then, like, my like, boss. <laughs> There's my, like 800 shows. Yeah, but then my boss is like, oh, no, I haven't. What's it about? And I kind of give them, like, oh, this is what's going on. And they're like, oh, that sounds really good. And then they watch it. Like, my boss, Karen. She trusts me with TV. Like, I'll just recommend her a TV show, and she puts it on our list, because she's just like, I know... Like, I've recommended her enough things that it's like, oh, now she just trusts me with TV, so I can be like, oh, have you watched this show? And then she's like, no, I haven't, but I'll put it on my list now that you've recommended... Like, I recommended um, Mindhunter to them. I recommended End of the Fucking World. I recommended... um, like, just a bunch of stuff. Marvelous Miss Maisel. Like, I've just like been like, oh, I just watched the show. It was amazing. You should watch it. And then they're like, oh, okay, cool. And then they watch it, and they're like, oh, it was amazing. Yeah. So I think that that's... I really like that. I really like being able to have those conversations of like, oh, I just watched this thing. I loved it. I want you to watch it. I, I mean, like... <laughs> I like when I can go, yeah, you see Back to the Future, and everyone's like, yeah, Back to the Future's a classic. That's what I like, Sam. <laughs> Okay. I went to knock over the mic, Please but don't. I know it's going to be going. It would be very loud. Ah, you would lose your mind. Yeah, ah. so I think there are pros and cons to both. Much like life. Much, much, like, much like everything. Like life. Much like everything. <laughs> um, so I think I, I'm happy with it. I'm uh-huh. happy with with how things are going in that direction. How do we get to this? I'm, I'm trying to think how I segue into that. I don't know. I was going to take notes about what we talked about, and then I wrote down one thing. <laughs> what is it? What's the note? Gushing about Spielberg. That, I need that. I'm going to get that trap stamped. <laughs> Gushing about Spielberg. No, that almost seems like I'm pooping on him. No. <laughs> I'll get it over my belly button. <laughs> or below my belly button, I should say. The eye, the eyes. With your belly button. Oh, exactly. I'm H. Uh, Thomas. <laughs> I'm Sam Bannigan. Uh, my final thought. Oh, sorry. I, I want to say final thought. You did have your final thought about the film. Know. Sorry. 
It's okay. My final thought. The movie is good. Go see the movie. The book is good. Read the book. The movie is a very good adaptation. End of story. It's a very good adaptation. It's just not what I liked about the book. Uh-huh. It, they just, it was just a different message than what I was expecting. I'm sure I'll like rewatch the movie like when it's on Netflix or something, and I'll be like, oh, this is actually really good. Like, I'm sure right now I'm just kind of conflicted because I love the book. Yeah, I get that. I was expecting something different. But I recommend go see the movie, then read the book. I think that's a really good idea. Do you think they complement each other? Like a good wine and cheese? Uh, I think they... Because what I you're would, saying, from I, the, think I so. feel like I feel like from what I got from you, it feels like it does. I think so. I feel like it's a good compliment. I think so. I think if you had a Ready Player One day, if you read the book then watched the movie, I feel like it'd be yeah, like, or uh, vice versa. I think, I think so. I'm not sure because I think the book is expl- just ends up ex- at least for me it explores something different than uh-huh. the movie does. Maybe, possibly, Maybe. possibly. <laughs> Uh, I'm Sam Bam. <laughs> and that's the way the cookie crumbles. And that's the way the news goes. We didn't do the outro. Oh. I'm Andrew Thomas. <laughs> I'm Sam Banigan. Uh, you can find me at Sam Banigan on all the things. I'm Ann Thomas 633 at all the things. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. You can find the podcast at Welcome Back Pod. Almost everywhere. On yeah, pretty much everywhere now. We're 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 we're, we're iTunes, taking it. <laughs> Google Play, SoundCloud. I was gonna I'm say. I'm not gonna let you finish your thought. I was gonna say. I'm working on Stitcher. I think I'm gonna try and do that this week. I was week. gonna say speak for Hitler. What's dominating everything? What springtime for Hitler? Did you know my sister didn't get the how why it was so offensive? What? 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 Your sister? What? So your I sister was, didn't get springtime for Hitler. Well, other than just like, oh, it's a play about Hitler. That's why it's offensive. But I was like, no, it's no. about him winning. About exactly. It, about this, is, this is this is Hitler winning. This, this is, is Hitler, Hitler good. And I was like, that's the joke of now we are going. Now we are going. Now we're going to war. Yeah, I love I love the producers. Fucking Chris. <laughs> I said that the producers of my favorite musical of all time, and he went, you need to li- watch other musicals. And I was like, no, Chris, oh, I've watched other burn. musicals. It's my favorite one. It's so good. What's a song? I don't know. Uh, how are you going to end this? I don't know. Come with me, and, and you'll see into a world of full imagination. That's, that's not the not words the at words. all. A pure me, imagination. In a world of pure imagination. You know, that's one of the Weasley twins. And that's the way <laughs> the news goes. Which one is the theory? ending? Have you heard that theory, though? What? Where Willie Walker is one of the Weasley That makes children. sense. I guess. It's so, I'd be like, I'm like, sure, if you want to. But it's not. Because <laughs> the big thing is like, when he goes into the office at the end, everything's cut in half to resemble how oh. he lost his brother oh, during the Battle stupid. of Hogwarts. Oh, that's and dumb. I was like, Shut I like up. that. It's a fun joke. Yeah. That's the way the, the news, news goes. goes.